Hey, this is David Dearman. I'm the pastor at Memphis Tabernacle, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope that this message inspires you and builds your faith. I hope that it gives you fresh insight and strength to see God move in your life. Enjoy the message. Amen. All right. Hey, I'm starting a new series today called The Blessing. Open your Bibles to Genesis chapter 12. Genesis chapter 12. Genesis chapter 12. The blessing, you say, the blessing, now is that about money? No, it's not about money. In fact, do you know, uh, I haven't taught a series directly about money. We've been open for two and a half years. You know, I'll share some scriptures about money uh, during our offering time and things like that, but I've never shared, uh, had a script, had a series on that as of yet. Now, of course, the blessing does deal with money in your life, but it also deals with every other area in your life. It's the hand of the Lord on your life. It's something of God that's spoken over you that things just in your life work. And so, of course, it affects money, but it's not about money. It's not blessings. Say this with me, not blessings. Say the blessing. Say it again, blessing. See, it's the blessing that you're after, not the blessings. Sometimes we can get our, people can get their mind on, I'm serving God and I want the blessings. No, that's not what you want. No, you want the blessing of the Lord on your life. And when you get the blessing of the Lord on your life, everything works. I've experienced it. And I've been on the other side of it too. Somebody understand. And it's better to be on God's side. Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 through 3. I want us to read this out loud and loudly. And let's fill this house with the voice of God's word today. Read this all together. Look on your screens. We're reading out of the New New King James translation. If you don't have that, let's just uh, read it all together. Read these three verses. Ready? Read. Now the Lord had said to Abram, Get out of your country from your family and from your father's house, to a land that I will show you and I will make you a great nation. Say this. And I will bless you and make your name great and you shall be a blessing and I will bless those who bless you and I will curse him who curses you and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Lord, I pray that as we open this series and as we open your word today that you would custom tailor it and fit it to our lives in the name of Jesus. And we all said, amen. So God came to this man named Abram. Can you say the name Abram? It's not Abraham. He didn't change his name yet. His name is Abram. And he said this, Abram, I know you're comfortable in the city that you live in. I know you're comfortable with your family and I know you're comfortable with the covering that you have, but I want you to leave all that. That's what you'd call blessing. He was a blessed man already. He said, I want you to leave your, your country I want you to leave your family that you feel comfortable in, and I want you to leave your covering. And I want you to go to a place that I'm going to be a blessing to you. Your blessing won't be in the land or your family or your covering. Your blessing is going to be in a new place. Now, I know because the Lord spoke that to me too, and that's why you know, I'm, I'm a Southern California boy, and the Lord said, I want you to do the same thing. I want you to go to a new place. Don't, it's not your old church, though my old church was an amazing, amazing church. He said, I want you to come to a brand new country that you don't know anything about, never been to Memphis before, and I want you to come to a brand new place, have a brand new name for a brand new church, and I want you to... Uh, have a brand new uh, 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 church that I'm going to do something at called Memphis Tabernacle. And I'll tell you what, as good as the idea says, that's right, I'll serve you, Lord. It's vulnerable. Because you say, I don't know anybody. Where am I going to go? And then God doesn't tell you. 
Because that's what he said here. He says, to a land I will show you. No, no, no. Show me before I go. Show me before I leave. Nope. Detach. Go. Well, where am I going to go? I'll tell you when you get there. No. No, no, no. I have family. I have people. I have... Trust me. Go. Go. I will tell you. Who's going to go with me? I will tell you. Go. And you get out there and you go. That's what he was telling him. What was he saying? He's saying, if you bring your land, if you bring your family, and if you bring your covering, your blessing's going to be them, not me. But I need you to leave those things. I need you to leave what you depend on so your blessing won't be them. Your blessing will be me. So he says, I want you to leave. Now, this word blessing is the Hebrew word Barak. Okay, Barak. Now you say, Barack Obama. Well, well, yeah, it's, it's the word, Barack, okay? And uh, it literally means this. This is the word, the blessing. It literally means to kneel down before someone. But primarily, the, connot- uh, the spiritual connotation of this word means this, to empower, to prosper. Now, I promise you, you're going to want to take notes. I promise you, this has to do with every area of your life, and it will affect you until you stop breathing on this earth. This will affect every single day of your life. So you're going to want to at least write down some scriptures and take some main notes on this, I promise you, okay? So the word Barak means literally empowered to prosper. Empowered to prosper. It's a big word in the Old Testament, okay? A big word in the Bible. The word Barak means to, to, it means being blessed. The blessing, again, it's not a money thing. It's not an amount of money. It's not a title. It's not a position. It's a spiritual, tangible something that's been placed, that God was placing on people. It means, to being blessed means having supernatural power working for you, working on your side. Being cursed means having supernatural power working against you. I've been on both sides. Have you ever been on, have you ever felt like, like you go and everything that you put your hand to just works? You know, sometimes they'll say like with, with planting, they'll say this person has a green thumb. Everything they, they plant in the ground, it just works. Everything, you know, turns green and everything just flourishes and you say, they're so good. What is it? Well, they're blessed with that particular area, you would say. Well, what about the person that it seems like everything they do just happens, it works, but you know that it's not just that they're smart. You know that there's a supernatural hand of God upon their life. Stuff just works. Let me just tell you, I experienced that. I can tell you so many stories that I step out into and the Lord says, step into this and I walk out and it just, it it happens, it works. And you say, people will say, how did you make that happen? I didn't. In fact, I almost feel like if I tried to, it wouldn't work. The harder I try, the more it doesn't work because it's my blessing, not God's, the hand of the Lord. Also, the opposite is true, the curse on your life. Have you ever felt like you're under something and like just nothing's working and you know that there's something clogged between you and God and you say, Lord, what is going on with me? So here's what's happening. Being cursed is having supernatural spirit um, um, power working against you. The days of a blessed person are filled with divine coincidence. 
People just say, oh, what a coincidence that the, that person just happened to meet you in the grocery store and that was exactly what you needed. Yeah, but, but it's not a coincidence because right before that, this happened too. And right before that, this happened too. And yesterday, this happened too. And yesterday, this happened too. My life is filled with divine coincidences. No, it's called the blessing of God. God lines things up to just work in your life. Now, there's four separate points in Deuteronomy that God tells those who obey him that he will bless him in everything that they set their hand to. Deuteronomy chapter 14, verse 29. Deuteronomy 15, 10. Deuteronomy 23, verse 20. And Deuteronomy 28, verses 8 and 12. All four places, God says, when you set your hand to something, it's going to work. It wasn't like, oh, what are you skilled at? What can you do? What can you not do? It has nothing to do with education. It has nothing to do with, with, with contacts or setting up. It's saying that my hand's on you, and when you step out to do it, it's going to work. The word Barak, the blessing, occurs 330 times in the Bible. It was first mentioned in Genesis chapter 1, verse 22, when the Bible says that God blessed them, and he said to them, be fruitful and multiply God's first words to man. Do you know that what God's very first words to man was that man was born, he became a living creature, and God's very first words to man was introduced the same way. The Bible says this, that when God saw man, his very first words was, God blessed them, God baracked them, spoke tangible blessing that things would work in their life. Then he said, be fruitful and multiply. See, I think a lot of times we, we want to obey God and step out and get things to work and we wonder why they don't work and we realize, well, they weren't blessed because if they're blessed, they work. What about the economy? No, the blessing of God supersedes that. The blessing of God bypasses that. The blessing of, that's why it says, my God shall supply your needs according to the American economy. Is that what he said? No, my God shall supply your needs according to his riches and glory. See, there's a different thing, way that according to his blessing. So we're not subject to all these things that are, see, if the hand of the Lord is on your life, if the blessing of the Lord is on your life, it works. The first thing he told man was, I'm going to, I bless you. Now go be fruitful and multiply. Before he ever sends you out to do an assignment, there's a blessing that's spoken over your life. He used it again in Genesis chapter 5, verse 2, at the beginning of the history of, a, of believing men. And again, right after the flood, when he destroyed the whole earth and then Noah and his family came back on the earth, the very first thing he said to that first family again was it says in Genesis 9, 1, and God blessed Noah and his sons. He spoke Barak over them and blessed them and their sons. Before they ever went and replenished the earth, he spoke blessing. See, sometimes... We can overlook the hand of the Lord and the blessing of the Lord on our life and just think, well, I got salvation. I guess I got all this. I guess I'll just go and try to make it happen. And we, and we don't realize that there's a supernatural empowerment that God has placed on our life. There's a buoyancy to where we can't go under because we're going to float. I don't care how much someone tries to push you under. In fact, I was talking to a lady uh, in between services, and she said, she said, I have this friend that's really big, really large lady. And she said, and she, we were out on a boat, and she said, and we were all putting on our life jackets. And she said, I'm good. She said, I'm buoyant. And he said, 
He said, what do you mean? And she said, well, and she jumped in the water and she went way down and she just went whoop and floated right back up. She said, I have buoyancy. She was blessed, okay? She had Barak. She had, she was, that's one. <laughs> I thought that was funny, but she had the blessing on her all around her. That's what happens when the blessing of God, I'm just talking spiritually, okay? When the blessing of God is on your life, you have buoyancy. You can't go under. People can't sink you in life. Why? Because you have the ability to float. That's why the apostle said, if God be for me, who can be against me? If God's on my side. You know, that's why he said in, in 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians right there, he said, now thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. He said in another place, and thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ Jesus. Why? Because there's a spirit of victory. Because the blessing of God resides upon you. It was God's first words to man, first words to Noah uh, in chapter 9. This is a central element of God's covenant with Abraham when he said, I want you to notice also what he said to Abraham. He said, I'm going to bless you and I'm going to cause people to be a blessing to you. And the people that bless you, I'm going to bless. And the people that curse you, I'm going to curse. Now, when he used the word curse, there was two different words. He said, the people that curse you and the first curse he used was the people who lightly esteem you. Or the people who disregard you, I'm going to put a pronouncing curse on. It's actually the same Hebrew word that he cursed Satan with in the garden that he said, the serpent. He said, you're cursed are you for eternity. He said, the people who esteem the blessed of God, I'm going to put a pronouncing curse on. You know what he's saying? He's saying, when I bless someone, make sure you don't curse them. See, God takes the blessing very, very, very seriously. He came up with this. Very, very, very seriously. It's a central theme. So I'm going to give you three points about the blessing. Number one is this, that you need to know for today. Number one is this, the blessing comes from God. Write this down. The blessing comes from God. It's not something you can fabricate. It's not something you can walk blessed, talk blessed, fake it till you make it blessed. It's not something that you can dress blessed and act blessed. It's not something that you can have context and have be educated enough to be blessed. No, it's the blessing of God is the blessing comes from God. In Genesis chapter 12, he said this three things. I will bless you. You'll be a blessing and I'll bless those who bless you. What is he saying? Okay, look at look at look at me for a moment. This is a microphone. If this was Abraham, he's saying, I'm going to bless Abraham and I'm going to bless everything that comes to Abraham, those who bless you, and I'm going to bless everything that comes from Abraham. So I'm going to bless the avenues, or I'm going to bless the, 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 the avenues that come to Abraham and the avenues that come from Abraham. All of it is blessed. And anyone who messes with that, if there's cursings that come, I'm going to take them out. Why? Because when I put blessings on you, you don't want to mess with a blessed man and woman of God. That's, that's what blessing is. How long does it last? He said, for all generations. Now, I'm going to come to back to the scripture, but I want, I want to say it right now. In the book of Galatians, you say, well, why does that pertain to me? That's Abraham. That's Old Testament. Well, because it says in the book of Galatians chapter 3, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles who believe who are in Christ Jesus, which means these blessings that were, that were being written about this, and really, again, not the money. But the blessing on your life would come upon you, 
because you believe and you're in Christ Jesus. Well, doesn't that just mean salvation? Well, certainly the greatest gift is salvation. The greatest gift is salvation. But primarily, when you look in the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 28, there's three curses of the law. One is uh, sickness, one is poverty, and one is spiritual death. There's a death that comes in there. And that's when you look at the curses of the law, it's poverty, sickness, and spiritual death. There's darkness. Those are the curses that come in the law. Well, when it says in in the book of Galatians chapter 3, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. He's redeemed us from poverty, sickness, and spiritual death. See, you say, well, wait, poverty, isn't isn't that money? Isn't that? No, it's a spirit. Sickness, isn't that just physical healing? No, it's a spirit. See, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. We're not wrestling against dollar bills. We're not wrestling against physical (laughs) sickness. We're wrestling against spiritual. Didn't Jesus say in John chapter 10, the thief doesn't come except to steal, kill, and destroy. He didn't say the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He said he doesn't come for any other reason than to steal, kill, and destroy. He said, but I've come that they may have life and have it to the full. It's the same thing. It's the blessing of God, the Barak of God that he's called us to walk in. We have greater promises, it says in the book of Hebrews chapter 11. So the blessing comes from God. I will bless those who bless you. All the channels that come to and from you are blessed. I remember when we moved to Memphis, I didn't have any contacts, but I knew that we were supposed to plant a church down in the middle of the city here somewhere, and we would do prayer walks, and we're walking all around in different places, and I do prayer drives because the city's so big, And uh, but then I'm walking around. I remember walking around uh, one of the schools right in the middle of the city, and I, and I believed with all of my heart that we were supposed to plant the church right there in that school. So I went, and I knocked on the door, and I, I think I rang the bell, and I walked in, and I talked to the the, the the leader of that school, the principal or whoever it was. And, and I said, Hey, I'd like to talk with you. I said, I'm a pastor in the area and we're, we're brand new. We're going to be planning a church here. It's going to be called Memphis Tabernacle. Um, we hadn't, we hadn't launched or anything yet. And she said, Oh, that's great. You know, that's wonderful. I said, I just wanted to let you know, I'm praying for the school, praying for the administration, our team, you know, is praying and such. And she said, that's great. That's wonderful. I'm, we're behind it. We're excited about it. That's great. I said, we want to plan it right here in this school. She said, Oh no, you know, and I said, well, um, but this is where, you know, I, I, this is where I'd like to, you know, because no, no. Well, so I left the office after I said my goodbyes and everything, and we met, I left. And internally, in my heart, I said, well, Lord, and I, my prayers, I said, well, Lord, okay, that didn't work out, so I guess I missed it. Um, where are we, we going to plant? And every time I pray, I keep going back to that place, that place. And, um, and, and, and so I said, well, so I went back again. And, you know, the next week, I said, hey, uh, I just wanted to ask you, is there another way? Of the- See, I'm not talking about manipulation. I'm not talking about how to win friends and influence people and win the conversation and win the argument and work the thing out. No, I'm talking about the hand of the Lord, the blessing of the Lord, that internally, I just knew God's going to get the church wherever God wants to have the church. God owns a cattle on a thousand hills. So I went back and said, hey, is there any way that uh, such and such? Oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm just, it, it's just not going to work. We've never had a church here. It's been open since the third. It's not going to work. No way. It's not going to work. Okay, okay, you know. So I left. Lord, where do you want the church? I want it there. I want to start right there. Can I tell you, God doesn't lead you by fleeces. God doesn't lead you by open and closed doors. Old Testament, he did. When they didn't have the Holy Spirit on the inside. See, that's how they, God doesn't lead you by outside prophets 
What does he think? What do they think? What, hey, do you have a prophecy for me? No, the Bible says those that are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. The primary way that the Holy Spirit leads you is by the inward witness. It's the same place on the inside that you know you're a believer. And they say, how do you know you're a believer? I just know it down on the inside. Why? It's the witness of the Holy Spirit. That's the same witness on the inside that I knew we were supposed to have the church there. So what did I do? Next week I went back. Hey, uh, uh, hey Pastor Jim, what can I do for you? Oh, I just wanted to say hi. I'm praying for you. I think I brought some flowers the next time you were from the church. Just wanted to bless you. Again, it's not manipulation. Uh, uh, we, we came to uh, uh, Christmas time. We brought a Christmas gift with a nice card. You know, we're not manipulating. You know what we're doing? We just knew we were supposed to start there. I think after about the eighth time, I finally thought, well, I should bring Tiffany. You know, Tiffany's uh, nicer than I am. And so, and sometimes maybe they didn't like me, you know, so brought Tiffany. We went down and then we walked through. Hey, can we just tour around just to kind of see in case in the future it ever worked? You know, well, okay, I guess we can walk around. We're walking around. And then finally, Tiffany remembers. We walked up and down the hallways and walked around. We said, what do you think about, uh, is there any possibility? No, you know, we're, we're doing repairs. We're doing this. It's going to be years before. When are you looking to start the church? Now, yesterday. Um, well, what are, what are we going to do? Well, I, is there any way we can, she basically, we're standing at the exit, and I just kept standing there. Well, a smile on my face. Well, all right. Well, hey, thanks for your time. I think the eighth time. Thanks for your time, you know, between communication and emails and all this kind of stuff. Well, right about then, someone walks in the hallway back there. I didn't realize it was the leader of the leader, you know, kind of walked in the hallway. And she goes, oh, what are you doing here? I didn't know who it was, you know. Oh, my name's such and such, and we're just, a, we got to meet. And through that interaction, to make a long story short, I think it was about two weeks, and we opened the church right there. Now, let me tell you, when we went to leave because the Lord opened up uh, this place for us to purchase just some eight, eight months later, that person who told me no a number of times came up with the warmest, and this wasn't the first time, maybe three times, came up, Pastor Dearman, and gave me the most warm hug and said, you guys have been such a blessing to us. You know what we said? We said, whatever equipment you can use, projectors, screen, whatever, the stage we built out, thousands of dollars of stuff. Whatever you need, you go ahead and keep. Whatever you need, you go ahead and keep. Why? Because the city doesn't have a budget for all that kind of stuff. So I said, whatever you need, go ahead and keep. We left thousands of dollars of stuff back with the school. Just left it back. And you know what? The Lord blessed. Why? Because we're blessed. We're blessed coming in. We're blessed going out. It doesn't take manipulation. It doesn't take all that stuff. See, the hand of the Lord, the blessing of the Lord. But let me tell you what's crazy about it. I can tell you, I can tell you 50 stories like that. That's how my life is. That's how the church's life is. That's how your life should be. It, we're blessed. And when you're blessed, you can't be cursed. It's just the way the, the kingdom of God works. So number one, it's God who blesses you. Number two, the blessing transcends your limitations. The, plan, the blessing transcends the economy. The blessing transcends your holdbacks, your lack of education, your lack of contacts, your lack of who you know and who you don't know. The blessing of the Lord transcends that now abraham had a son eventually named isaac and we read down in genesis chapter 26 the bible says in genesis chapter 26 that there was a famine in the land and it says listen besides the first famine that was in the days of of abraham what he's saying is there was a famine on top of a famine 
Abraham had experienced a famine, but now Isaac's experienced another famine. He says there was a famine, and Isaac went to Abimelech, the king um, uh, of the Philistines in in Gerar. Gerar was on the path toward Egypt. So obviously, he was on his path to go down to Egypt. Why was he? Because in Genesis chapter 12, verse 10, uh, the, the Abraham, when there was a famine, he went down to Egypt to take safety and to take refuge and go down there. So Abraham, so Isaac thought, well, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go down to Egypt. So he's on his way down. He's at Gerar. He stops and he meets uh, uh, Abimelech, the king. And then the Lord appeared to him and stopped him in his tracks. And he says, do not go down to Egypt, but live in the land which I tell you. Let me just tell you, God doesn't need you to leave places, leave locations, leave churches, leave cities, leave your job, leave your family to bless you. It's not where you are that the blessings depended upon. He's the one who blessed. He'll bless you in the midst of poverty. He'll bless you in the midst of of the economy collapsing. In fact, sometimes he'll bless you more in the midst of all that mess. So what did he do? He told Isaac, Isaac, he said, I don't want you to go down to Egypt. I want you to stay in the land. It kind of reminds me of what the Lord's put on my heart a number of times back in uh, the book of uh, Psalm chapters 37 verse 3, where he says this, dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Because there's a lot of times in my life where, where things are happening, like the pieces aren't coming together. And I just thought, well, I guess it ain't working. I guess the blessing's not here. So I'm going to go somewhere else. And I realized I went somewhere else and it still wasn't working. I I took all my my junk and I packed it up in my suitcase and I went and I unpacked it and still had my junk because I realized it wasn't the place. It was me. It was me that was lacking. But that says here in Psalm, dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. You know what that means? It means stay put, boy. Stay where you are and believe that God's going to bless you in the midst of what's going on and feed on his faithfulness. Talk about the good stuff. Don't talk about the junk. Don't talk about what's not, not working. What does Philippians say? Finally, my brethren, whatever things are good. He said it right after, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your heart and minds through Christ Jesus. He said, and the peace of God would guard your hearts. But then he said, and finally, my brethren, whatever things are good. Like you want to keep that peace that's guarding your heart? Whatever things are good, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of a good report, if there's any virtue, there may be some bad stuff. If there's any praise, there may be some bad stuff. Think on the good stuff, not the bad stuff. Somebody say amen. Think on these things. So because Abraham obeyed the voice of the Lord, um, uh, or trusts in the Lord, excuse me, and do good and dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Let me move on. So then he goes on in in verses three through five and he tells Isaac, he repeats some of that Abrahamic covenant that he uh, first said back in uh, chapter 12. He says, dwell in the land and I'll bless you, Barak again, I'll bless you for you and your descendants. I'll give you the lands. I'll perform an oath, which I swore to your father. I'll make your descendants multiply as the stars. I'll bless your descendants. Your seed will be blessed. And because Abraham obeyed the voice, he said of the Lord, uh, uh, and he kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, and my laws. And it says, so Isaac stayed put. He dwelt in Gerar, okay? So uh, he repeated back this, uh, repu- this, uh, this uh, commandment back to him. Now, I want you to notice this. Uh, Genesis chapter 26, verse 12. So what happened? So Isaac stayed in the land, and it says, then Isaac sowed in that land. In what land? In the land of famine. Upon famine. He says, then Isaac sowed in that land. Somebody's trying to airdrop something to me. Stop airdropping it. 
Huh? Yeah, and reaped. Okay. Good. All right. Huh? No, 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 no. The, the airdrop said, look behind you. So I was like... It's like when I was up leading worship and my wife's like, zip your zipper up. And I'm like, woman, I'm in the presence of God. Quit talking to me. I'm like, Lord, I just bless you today. She comes up, whispers some, zip your zipper up. I'm like, I'm with God. She's like, yes, yeah, so, but some other things are, you need to, you know. Okay, huh? All right, I'm not going to look behind me, whoever that was that sent me this. Okay, so it says, Then Isaac sowed in that land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold, and the Lord blessed him. Where did he sow? In that land. In the land that he was trying to leave. And when did he reap? Well, he eventually reaped. No, in that year he sowed, he reaped. And, and the Bible says, And the Lord barocked him. Where? In the midst of the place, in the place where he dwelt. He says, And the man, listen, began to prosper. Just in case you wondered, he continued to prosper until he became, say it, very prosperous. Just in case you wonder if God wanted to prosper him, God wanted to prosper him. God wanted to bless him. It says, Now you wonder, well, that's spiritual prosperity. I believe in spiritual prosperity, but I don't know about all the rest of the prosperity because, you know. And he says, for, listen, for he had possessions of flocks, possessions of herds, and a great number of servants. So the Philistines envied him. Well, they didn't envy his spiritual life. They envied all the stuff he had. Now, let me just tell you something. I'm not talking about prosperity to the point to where someone like this, uh, this prosperity to where it's all about self and it's all about what I can have and I, my gold this and my jets this and my this, that. I don't think there's anything wrong with all that stuff anyway, okay? I don't have a problem with it. But I'm just saying, I don't think that's what the blessing's about, about you. I think the blessing is about God wanting, in fact, when he said to Abraham, he said, I will bless you and you'll be a blessing all in the same statement. I think if we try to take the blessing without the you'll be a blessing, Away from it, you'll get off. If we try to say, I like the first part of the statement that I'll be blessed, but I'll stop there. No, it's I'll be blessed to be a blessing. They go together. Listen, you're blessed to be a blessing. Say, I'm blessed to be a blessing. If all you believe God for is your three and no more, your four and no more, that's selfish. We should be believing God to have an overflow for others. Somebody say amen. amen. Not just so that we'll have plenty, but so that we'll be a blessing. God wanted to bless. So, so much to the place that here, uh, the Philistines envied him. So the Bible says the blessing of the Lord in Proverbs 10, 22 makes one rich and adds no sorrow to it. When you're empowered to prosper, you don't need to work it, work it all out. When you're empowered to prosper, you don't need to suck up to somebody. When you're empowered to prosper, you don't need to work it. Work your contacts. I'll make sure I met him. I met him in the room. I need to make sure to meet him because God's going to... God doesn't need your networking. In fact, sometimes your networking is what's holding it back. I believe that. Sometimes your networking is what's holding back your blessing. That's why God said, leave it. And sometimes you're trying to find it again. 
He didn't say, I'm going to bring you to a new land and then you're going to bless you. He said, I'm going to bring you to a new land and then I'm going to bless you. So let him do it. And then number three, the blessing of the Lord is tangible and it needs to be received. It's tangible. It needs to be received. I remember when I had graduated with my uh, music degree in um, composition and arranging. I like music, like to write music and all that. And I like to study the word. I like to teach the word. I like teachers. I like, you know, commentaries. I like to read. I like to listen to the word constantly. But right when I graduated, I think it was like the next week, the Lord, I was, uh, I was, I was getting ready to go to Boston. And I was going to go to Boston um, Observatory, Conservatory. And uh, the Lord put on my heart and said, I want you to go back to Bible college. I said, I don't want to go back to Bible college. He said, because I had gone to Bible college and I quit because I didn't like it. He said, I want you to go back to Bible college. I said, I don't want to go back to Bible college. And I said, but I'll do whatever you tell me to do. My life's not my own, so I'll do whatever you tell me to do. Would you just change my heart so I don't hate it? As I prayed many times. And, um, and so the Lord softened my heart, changed my heart. Then I told the Lord, I don't have the money for it. I don't have the money for it. I don't, I, and I don't want to get in debt. I don't know what to do. So I, I just felt like, well, okay, I'm just going to go apply. You know, th at that time, you couldn't apply online like you do now. You know, so I went down, and I, I, or I ordered the application. I got it. I filled it all out. And I turned. How many of you know that if the Lord tells you to do something, just start taking the steps? You don't have to work it all out. Just start taking the steps. So I took the steps. I turned in my application, and I kind of just said, well, I'll just walk forward. I'll just kind of take steps forward. I'm not really sure what the next step is. And then I get a call about six days later, and the call is from the leader of the college. And they said, hey, um, my name is such and such. I said, oh, I know who you are. I'd never met him before. I said, hey, I, I heard you just, uh, uh, you had graduated recently from such and such. I said, yeah. And they said, hey, we have a position that's open for such and such. And uh, would you be interested in teaching this and that? And I said, um, well, and I'm thinking, I've never done that before. I don't know how to do that. And uh, I said, well, um, uh, and they said, you know, here's what we want to do. We have a salary for you, and we also want to cover your tuition. I said, oh, I'd be highly interested, yeah. And, let me pray about that. Yeah, that's the Lord, yeah. Yeah, I think it's exactly what the Lord wants me to do, yeah. Let's feel that confirmation right now. Mm. Holy Ghost goosebumps. Just kidding. No, no, I, I wasn't led by that, but it, but it was something that I knew that where, the, where God guides, he provides. Where God's will, God's will, God's bill, <laughs> right? If God's providing, if God's guiding, he's going to provide. And they said, hey, we're going to cover all of your tuition, and we're going to pay you a salary, and you could continue doing what, and you can get through school. And I got through school and did all that, and I kind of worked in. I can't tell you what a blessing that was, huge blessing. Worked out with some things with, with, in several areas. Well, I mean, just over and over and over and over and over again. I didn't work it out didn't fill out an application. I don't think I've ever applied for a job in my, in my life. It's just one of those things that I've just never had to do it. Never, never tried to do it. Just had, didn't have to do it. I just, just tried to follow. Now, I'm not bragging on me. There's nothing to brag on. I didn't try. You know, you only, you only can brag on you if you did it. I just kind of kept walking forward. I kept thanking God for the blessing. See, I'm talking about the blessing of God that we should be walking in. The blessing is tangible and must be received. Let me just tell you this last story. In the book of Genesis chapter 27, Abraham, Isaac, and what's the next one? Jacob. Was Jacob the, uh, does the blessing usually come on the firstborn son or the secondborn? 
usually on the uh, firstborn. But do you know Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? Jacob wasn't the firstborn son. Jacob was the secondborn son. And he actually like stole, manipulated the blessing from the firstborn. Firstborn sons are like, that's right. That's right, right, right. We manipulated the blessing. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, whose name became Israel. So all the Israel that we know, that was Jacob. He was actually the secondborn son who took the blessing. We read about it in Genesis chapter 27. It says, it came to pass when Isaac was old. Somebody say Isaac was old. Yeah, it says that his eyes were dim. It must have been real dim. His eyes were dim and he called Esau, his older son, and said to him, son, I want some ribs. I want some goat ribs. I want you to go out and I want you to hunt and I want you to get me some ribs, bring them in because I want to make sure I don't die before I proclaim blessing upon your life. See, the blessing was a big deal. I have to speak blessing on your life so that things work the rest of your life. So I want you to go get me some ribs. Well, uh, Rebecca was Isaac's wife and she was listening to it and she said, oh no, he's about to give the blessing to, uh, to Esau. But she went to Jacob, her second born son, and she said, Jacob, your, your dad's about to give the blessing to Esau. She said, uh, I want you to go out and kill uh, you know, the goats or the animal. I want you to bring it in. I'll make it just like uh, Jacob uh, or Isaac likes it. And I'll make sure that I you know, put that, some of that good Memphis barbecue sauce on it and get all that stuff all ready. And he'll, he'll walk in and say, man, well, I'm going to give you a big blessing today. And I'll bless you instead of Esau. Okay. So he went, he said, okay, mama, I'm going to go do it. So he had, he had no hair on his arms. He was like little wimpy, you know, I, I guess, you know, Esau, it says that he had all this hair and he smelled and all this, you know. So, so, so Esau was out there and he's all hunting, you know, and Jacob went out and he killed his, his stuff, brought it to mama. Mama cooked the, the stuff and, and he brought it in. So here we find this story. Okay. We find the story here. I just skipped by some things. Maybe I should have just read it, but okay, I just skipped by some. That's kind of what it said. Okay, so we, we go here. We're in verse 26. It comes, here's where the story is. So Jacob's like sneaking in here to get the blessings, okay? It says, then his father, uh, Isaac, said to him, come near me and kiss me, my son. He really wanted to smell him. He said, I want to see if you smell. He said, and he came near him and he kissed him and he smelled the smell of his clothing and blessed him and said, surely the smell of my son uh, is like the smell of the field, which is which the Lord has blessed. He's saying, you smell like the field, you're out there. And what's funny is he said, Mama, I'm going to go in to Daddy, and Daddy's going to look at my arms, and he's going to say, you have no hair on your arms like Esau. And she said, here, uh, he has hairy arms. Why don't you put some goat, like some, some animal stuff over your, your arms, and then he'll feel your arms, and he'll say, that must be, what kind of arms did Esau have? And his arms were like, like an animal. Man, what, what, I would say, did that man wash or vacuum? I mean, <laughs> that man was hairy, okay? So then he came and he stole his blessing. Then we see the blessing in verse 28. It says, therefore, may God, here was the blessing. This is what the blessing was. He says to Jacob, therefore, may God give you of the dews of heaven and of the fatness of the earth and plenty of grain of wine. Let people serve you. The nations bow down to you. Be master over your brethren. And let your mother's sons bow to you. Curse be everyone who curses you. Bless those who bless you. What was he doing? He was pronouncing a blessing on him. Then what happened? He finished the blessing. Esau walks in. 
you know, okay, got the meal and all this. And then Isaac looks at him and it's like, well, who are you? And he, Esau walks in and he said, he had many savory foods. He brought them to his father and he said, I came that your soul may bless me. Verse 32, his father Isaac said to him, well, who are you? He said, I'm your son, your firstborn son. And Isaac trembled exceedingly. You know why he did? Because he realized that the blessing wasn't just some little, oh, bless you, brother. Bless you. How are you doing? I'm blessed. Bless, bless you. Bless you. Bless you. How are you? Blessed. Blessed. I'm blessed. No, the blessing was tangible. If you were blessed, everything in your life worked. Everything in your kids' lives worked. Everything in the generations to come worked. Listen, it, it, it negated the curses in your life. Some people say, I have the curse of alcoholism in my life. I have abuse in my life. You know what? When God blessed you, you know what it did? It did away with all those curses. And it pronounced brand new stream of blessing. Family, family, generational blessing upon that family line again. And Isaac trembled and he said, I just gave that away. Who did I give that away to? And it says here, he says, Isaac trembled and he said, who, where, and he said, I ate all, he said, where, where is the game, you, you know, or, or um, he said, where is the one who hunted game and brought it to me? And he said, and I ate all of it before you came. And I want you to see these words right here. Listen, and I have blessed him and indeed he shall be blessed. I have blessed him and indeed he shall be blessed. Let me tell you when the Lord pronounces blessing on you, you're blessed. You're blessed. Gavin, could you come on and play? You're blessed when the Lord pronounces blessing. Let me tell you something. In the, in the uh, Israel today, if you were to go over to Israel today, I've been over there a few times. You'll see these things called bar mitzvahs. And then for, for girls, it's bat mitzvahs. Bar meaning son of the blessing. The son. It's a, it's a, it's a really, a, it's a rite of passage turning over, and the, the girl is the daughter. It happens with the daughters about 12 to 13. It happens with the sons about, uh, about uh, 13 years old. We did it with my three sons, not the bar mitzvahs, but we did what's called a, a bar baraka. I called together all the men of God in my family and in their lives, and when they turned 13 years old, we didn't just have a birthday. We had a blessing. We sat them in a chair. We had them do a reading of the scripture. And I called them into manhood. We laid our hands on them. Here's what they would do. is It was a rite of passage. It was a calling of a transition into manhood from a boy to a man. You're no longer a boy. And the, the, the fathers would love to do it because they would say, no longer am I responsible for your decisions. You're responsible. And I remember saying that to all three of my, my sons one at a time. No longer am I responsible. Now I am. I'm going to help you guide them. But now when we make decisions, I come and say, what should we do? It's your decision, son. I'm calling you into blessing. I release you into manhood. In fact, I believe we're going to do that at Memphis Tabernacle, that every year we're going to have an annual bar baraka, bar baraka for all 13-year-olds. And we're just going to speak blessing over them. We're going to have the parents speak blessing over them if the parents are in their lives. We're going to have a ceremony and call them into manhood and into womanhood. Let me tell you why that's so significant in my life. I heard a story, by the way, of an 84-year-old who showed up to one of those services who said, would you call me into manhood? 
a man who'd never felt like he was a man, always felt like he was a boy. And he says something was released inside of him when they called him into manhood. Let me tell you, when I was in my early 20s, I was struggling with things. I was struggling with lust. I was struggling with, with not feeling like I was grown up. And I remember just feeling like I couldn't get over the top with things. And never, I didn't feel like a man of God. I remember being on, on, on my knees praying and asking the Lord to help me. And I had a man of God call me up one day. And in the, in the conversation, he said to me, has anyone ever prayed over you and called you into manhood? I said, I'm not sure what you mean. I, I, am, I am a man. Like, what are you saying? No, I mean, have they ever spoken over you? Called you into it? I said, no, I don't think so. Right now, in the name of Jesus, I call you into manhood. And over the phone, over the phone, let me tell you, something changed inside of me. This boy, something shifted. I became a man of God. I acted different. I walked different. Things worked in my life. My covering became God Almighty. And I walked as a man of God. I'm not saying everything was perfect. I made mistakes. Messed up a lot but I saw myself different. And let me tell you, there's something about the pronounced blessing of God on your life. Galatians chapter three says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law that the, the, the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles who believe in Christ. And I wanna pray blessing over you right now. Come on, how many just say, I'm gonna receive the blessing of the Lord in a fresh way right now. Let me pray over you. Father God, I pray over every person in this room right now. I pray for the blessing of the Lord over every single person in this room right now. I pray, Lord, for those who have been struggling, those who have been in bondage, those who have been, Lord, in defeat, those who have not known which way, not know which way to turn, Lord, those who have been calling out to you, Lord, and they're desperate, God, to know you. God, I pray for a fresh blessing of God. I pray for a fresh supernatural empowerment of the Holy Spirit, Lord, upon every person who receives it today. You're not a pusher, but I pray for those, Lord, who would receive it right now. In Jesus' name, men of God who are acting like boys, in Jesus' name, be called into manhood. Women who are acting like girls, be called up in Jesus' name. And I pray not the blessings of God, but the blessing of God to come upon your people today. In Jesus' name, amen. And if you don't know Jesus as the Lord of your life, open your heart to him right now and pray this with all the sincerity of your heart. Say, Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart. I repent of my sins. Be my Lord. And be my Savior. From this day forward, I call myself a believer. In Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Would you stand to your feet right where you are? Well, I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. And if you did, I'd like to ask you to subscribe to our show. That way, the most recent episode will always be in your feed, ready when you are. God bless you, and I'll see you next time on the Memphis Tabernacle Podcast.